What's up, my dudes? It's me, your boy, back at it again. And I only have a few things to talk about this week. Um, I'm going to start off with the weightlifting thing because that's what I uh, that's what I said I was going to talk about this episode. So I went to a Olympic weightlifting club. And for those of you who don't know anything about Olympic weightlifting, it's the sport where you do two events, the clean and jerk and the snatch, and you're going for max weight. Pretty much it. Now, the, th- the reason is I don't like um, deadlifting that much, but I do realize that in any program you need to have pulling in some sort of capacity, and I wanted an athletic pulling motion, so that's the clean and the snatch. Now, I looked for how I can you know, go learn it. And I found out that there's a pretty good coach in San Diego. And I went and, you know, met the guy. But uh, for the first half hour of that, I accidentally did a CrossFit in Olympic lifting shoes and sweatpants in the heat. And I had to run, which I haven't done in a while. And that wasn't fun. And they had me work up to a heavy set of deadlifts for like three it, it was stupid but in other news i eventually found out that the weight late weight lifting room was through the very unassuming door to the side and i went in there and i see this coach and i talked to him for a bit and he shows me some technical work and then i go and meet some of the other lifters in there. And there was a former British judoka who was a national team level competitor. He was pretty cool to talk to. There was also a former pro kickboxer in there. And I am considering training there to potentially compete in the American Open Series in Ohio in March of next year. But the one thing that is pretty interesting to me was just how those rooms are set up. Like, I like... I'm a big fan of um, certain types of gyms, and I used to train in one. It was a gym that was, you can call it a dungeon gym, because those are what they are. And they're these really, like, they're not aesthetically pleasing for the most part. They're not super well-equipped. Like, some of them are really well-equipped, but it's not the main purpose. Like, they're well-equipped, but they're still a dungeon, if you get what I'm saying. And this gym is one of those. It's nine, six or nine platforms with plates everywhere, a couple racks, and a lot of bars. And I like that. Um, so I, I, he taught me how to snatch and how to clean, and it was it was fun. Um, and I want to keep going back, so I am, but he gave me a squat program, so I'm working on that. Actually, a pretty efficient workout for me, because I was able to get through the whole squat workout in like 20 something minutes. But, you know, since it's just a squat program, I am adding in my, um, my own pressing and pulling program programming. So I do, since it's a three days and I'm squatting every training day, I just break up my pressing volume into three days and my pulling volume into three days so that I can get optimal volume and optimal recovery time, which is a, a crazy kind of little con like I ran into this one here. So I 
was looking at how much time is spent recovering, right? Between training sessions and all that. So if you did four days a week, actually it was three days to four days. So if you did three days a week of training, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you did lifting and you did jujitsu, and then I'll include judo at the end there just but it makes it easier to deal with the five days first. You would do three to five hours of training. So let's say you did five. So five times three is 15 plus 19 total for judo. So that's 19 hours out of the week. Then if you did uh, 24 times seven minus 19 you have a total of 149 hours of recovery or just inactivity not gym related activity in the week so if you divided that by seven it doesn't really work out that way because it ends up being 21 hours but so you have 149 hours of recovery if you did it four days a week technically six with three days a week of lifting and two days of judo, four days, three days, four days of jiu-jitsu. The hours changed a little bit. And it wasn't a huge amount, but it was kind of marginally interesting. So if you trained for four hours a day, uh, for jiu-jitsu it would be three hours a day. Four times four, yes. Mm. Hmm. That actually changes a little bit. Different than what I did this morning. So, three, four times four, that's 16, plus four plus three, 23. You get 145 hours of recovery with comparable work. Now, the question is, how much do you train and, you know, all that, but... I don't know, because I was thinking about how to tr how to manage my training schedule with school, and uh, it's kind of challenging, to be honest with you, because it's like I could put all my schoolwork into Tuesdays and Thursdays, or I could, it's eh, it's definitely a a challenge. But I am pretty interested in Olympic weightlifting. It looks like a fun sport, and I like lifting heavy things, but. Um, the only other things I've been doing lately are, well, I've been working on some 40K shit. So I went out, I went out and I bought some new Chaos Marines from a secondhand guy and I ended up getting two Demon Princes and I bought 10 Marines, but I didn't check the bag and I got 20. So I'm going to try and return those to that guy soon. Um, but this other dude came in with a bunch of Primaris, which are Loyalist Space Marines. So I picked up those as well. And I'm fleshing out an Imperial Army pretty quickly. Um, I put together... Well, I didn't put together. I started painting them. The infantry squads. So there's 10, 10 heavy infantry, 10 light infantry. A bunch of heavy weapons, and then I, I found a pretty sick deal on a super powerful model. 
online, so I ordered that. And then I have some of the other models that I put together for just a list. And then I have to get some uh, Imperial Guards Guardsmen. But it is turning out pretty quickly. I'll have two armies that I can rotate in between, depending on how I feel. And that's pretty fun to me, to finally have an Imperial Army. Um, in terms of games, though, I've been trying to learn a little bit of chess. I haven't been keeping up on the lessons daily, but I play a game or so every... I try and play a game every night. And it's it's actually a lot harder than I thought. Like, not underestimating chess. But I was playing at like 200 ELO. And basic competitive ranking is like 1,000. So a basic competitive player when I play against the bot, absolutely smashes me. So I have a lot of work to do if I decide to do any chess on the competitive scene. But I don't know. I do like it a lot. Uh, it's it's fun. But at the same time, I'm also considering, like, would it even be worth it to compete in that? Because it's already, okay, you got jujitsu, You got Olympic weightlifting now. Could you just, like, what's the shortest pathway in chess to be like, yeah, bro, I'm a national master. Because then it's like, if you're getting the Grandmaster title, you're just flexing on people at that point. You're like, yeah, I compete in, you know, two sports, and I do chess on the side. and It's just, you know, big pimp shit. If you're not, if you're not at least, you know, an international world champion weightlifter and jiu-jitsu player and a chess grand champion, like, are you even, what are you even doing with your life, bro? <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely, I I have a lot of ventures. Um, what was the other thing? It was related to chess, but I can't remember. Oh, no, it's not related to chess. It's Discord. So I've been a lot more active on Discord lately because I'm part of a server for uh, 40K. And I got put into a moderator position there helping kind of manage the server. And I really, really, really like the idea of putting together a Discord server. We did it early in the podcast, but we just didn't like push it at all. Um, but now that I've got a little bit more experience with Discord, I think I might be able to build up a solid community based around podcast topics, like philosophy and history and all that stuff. That could be a really cool place to kind of talk about podcast-related stuff in um, a social media that I like. Because one of the big problems, too, especially for marketing this show, which I don't do, is I don't like Instagram or Twitter that much. And I don't like I don't like Facebook at all. I don't use Facebook anymore. I, my Facebook account is locked out. It's been locked out for like two years, and I just haven't gone in to recover it, which I need to probably do now because based on the 40K League I'm in, they distribute their information based off of... Facebook. So I don't know. The problem with marketing stuff, especially for me, is I need something that I'll use consistently. And I just don't. The only social media I could really get into for marketing would be Twitter because I like text-based stuff. Images are cool and all that, but it's so much fucking production time. And considering the stuff that I am doing already, I just don't want to put in a lot of the production time to do like 
uh, edited photos or like clickbait photos, stuff like that, because it's just, I don't care enough about social media presence to go on Instagram and like hashtag optimize. Cause one of the things that like for people who don't do hashtag or Instagram, whatever marketing, it's such bullshit. Cause it's just, Oh, well, you know, you get your video content and this content works right now, but it's not going to work in six months and you're going to have to keep up with the meta of Instagram content. And most of the time it's just video shit and giveaways. And you have to sit there and be like, okay, well, um, this is the pulse of Instagram marketing. It takes X amount of time to produce that shit. Like, I'm not going to go out and produce a video every week when I'm already doing everything else I'm doing. I could easily be active on a Discord server every day. Because I am right now with the one I'm, I'm helping moderate. And I could be in there talking to everyone individually. Like, I could just, okay, well, you were talking about the podcast okay, you had a question about it. Well, this is what I thought about that. Or this is how I interpreted that reading. So it's, that's one of the other things I don't like about Instagram or Twitter is you can post something and then people comment and you're not going to be able to get to everybody because of the way it, you know, parses notifications and all that stupid shit. But I am really interested in a discord because I'm, I'm making a slow progress on how I want to set up that, um, no, it's not slow of interesting today. I'm making a slow progress on that other podcast I want to set up, House of Wisdom, because I want to put more money into it. And what I mean by that is I already have a pro audio, audio setup, but maybe doing stuff like streaming or stuff like I want, I absolutely want a professionally designed logo and I want to have a really well-established like a discord server or a website or some kind of blog that I can post stuff to consistently. And the other part of that is that I want to do a lot more stuff in the philosophy branch and I love history. So the two topics I love the most are, are philosophy and history, a close third. And the problem with it being a close third is really it's it's intertwined with the, the top two is strategy. So those are the three topics I really like to focus on. And the thing is, I branch out into other stuff all the time. Like if we're talking about history or philosophy, I can go into like MKUltra or the CIA remote viewing projects or Project Blue Book, like all these different conspiratorial topics that people love like some of our best rated um shows are all on the the conspiracy vein or the paranormal vein and that's obvious why i mean paranormal stuff just it's off the charts everywhere um but i do want to take a lot of time to set that one up because i want to bring in more people from the start and the thing is, it's kind of hard to get other people, like especially other podcasters, to branch out to you. And here's what I think is interesting, right? Especially with a lot of people who are doing entertainment-based stuff, they all want a handout in the beginning. Like everyone who does entertainment-based anything, in the beginning, 
they will reach out to someone and say, yo, can we collaborate? And the fun part is when they get to the position of, of power, essentially, when they have, you know, the ability to go out to someone else and say, hey, I'll collaborate with you. I'll help you out. Then they don't want to do it. Right. And the thing is, I don't. I don't particularly mind. But then the problem I have is when someone says, like, okay, this is all just hard work. How the fuck do I hard work my way into a top 25 podcast, right? I can put out all the content I want, but if no one sees it, it doesn't matter. Which is the thing I was discussing with Sam the other day. We are talking about like what sells a quality product. And this was in totally different relation. Just not, it wasn't the podcast, but it was something else. And I was saying, well, in some ways, a quality product sells itself. And I'm right to a point. See, the thing is a quality product has to have a base of people who want to promote it. Cause like, okay, the iPhone sells itself. More people buy the iPhone because of how pervasive Apple's platform is, right? The iPhone wasn't the best. I don't think it was the best-selling phone when it first came out. Other people were suspicious about it. They're like, eh, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? And that first generation of people really proselytized for the iPhone and then said, okay, we're going to get the next one and the next one and so on. With a lot of products, marketing is the make or break thing, which a big part of the, the issue for me is the ways I would want to go about marketing a podcast. I've tried and they're exceptionally hard, like collaborating with people. Like, I'm just going to be like, dog, I'll pay you to show up on your show. I don't give a fuck what it costs. Just your top, whatever, 50 show. Here's 500 bucks. If I, if I can foot the cash for that, I will, because it's just so much exposure. And that's the other thing. Artists get fucked by exposure. Like if you are doing like photo work, right. And actually here, I'm doing some web design stuff right now. And one of the things I've noticed about web design is People don't care how it gets done. People see something and they want it done. And I, I can do it. Like I'm, I figured out how to do it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, dude, one of the things that I, I really struggle with from an artistic perspective as like a photographer and as a doing other stuff in really in the creative field is there is a, a line between art and just doing something for money, right? Like I do a lot of sports photography and the thing is it's not for the most part, you don't get really artistic shots out of it. You get good photos. You get really cool photos. I've gotten some really sick ones from lacrosse. I got a lot of good ones from football. 
considering going and branching out into jujitsu and judo photography. But the problem is that the way it, the way that industry builds itself is really people just want content. So they come and pay you and they say, okay, do this this many times and we'll pay you. Well, then you get guys like Platon who Platon can do whatever he wants. And the reason he can do whatever he wants is because he took the time to build up his, his specific brand, which is oftentimes the portraiture brand. And that's just what he did. And the problem is like, especially today, if you want to be a Platon, you have to do a lot of shit. And oftentimes you have to be an apprentice to someone like that. Now, there's other photographers out there who are great who just did it on themselves, did it on their own. But to get that kind of exposure, you have to compete and you have to do all kinds of shit. Like if I, for example, went and won a National Geographic photo competition, I could charge whatever the fuck I wanted for photos. Like right now, I charge 20 bucks a shot. And that's below market price. The market price on average for a photographer, if you want a per shot rate, not a per hour rate, is $20 a photo. So when I go work for a sports league, I'll do whatever. It's like 50 bucks an hour. And then I'll charge, if anyone wants, like if a fan comes up to me or if a parent comes up to me and says, I want photos of my kid, then I'll be like, okay, here's photos. I have your kid, 20 bucks a shot. But if I had like the Paul Nickel, the dude who does all the polar uh, photography, and then the fuck, what else does he do? He does a lot of photography. He does wolves and Arctic photography a lot. Um, well, he's a National Geographic photographer. He can charge whatever he wants. And then you start to get all the the uh, the attention, which is why you have to compete because realistically, I mean, does it kind of suck to compete? Yeah. And that's that's one of the things really in everything that I've started to learn, like it kind of sucks to compete. It's cool. It's fun. But all the shit around it isn't really that that fun. Like on a competition day for me, because I don't really compete in photography yet. Um, if you want to win, you got to prepare. And let's just take a, a sports example, right? You're going to compete for maybe 15 minutes. Maybe. If you're doing higher rank matches, actually, let's round it up. Let's just go 25 minutes. That's the total amount of time you're going to compete in a day, once a month, potentially more, say maybe twice a month. And you do that every month. So in order to prepare for an hour a month of competition, you have to practice if you want to be really good 64 hours a month. And that's not outside of weightlifting and supplemental training like judo or other stuff. 
So in order to prepare for one hour, you have to train 64 hours. And, you know, there's all kinds of quotes about that. I mean, there was a Jordan Burroughs tweet that he put out the other day. Um, I loved it. It it was, let's see, where can I find it? I have a ton of screenshots, and that kind of kind of tiring. Mm, let's see. Okay, here we go. Nope, never mind. Wrong tweet. Do 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 do. Do do. Hmm. I'm pretty glad that I finished my accounting class today. I was getting tired of that. Like, so for those of you who don't know, which is none of you, I've taken accounting three times because I just cannot get it. Like, the first time I failed it. Second time, got a D. Third time, is it in Twitter screenshots or something? Hmm. Well then, never mind. Okay. Um, the Jordan Burroughs quote was something along the lines of, if you want to win against one person, you have to outwork thousands in private. Um, or it was something, if you want to win in front of thousands of people, you have to outwork thousands alone. Um, but yeah, accounting sucks. I don't get how accountants do it. I, I've had to take it three times because I suck at accounting. And... Every time I've taken it in person, the first time just fucking sucked. That was my first semester of uh, college. And I was like, you know what? Accounting going to be easy. I'll take it with a lecture that's one day a week. Yeah, that was a terrible mistake. The second time, I liked the teacher in the beginning. Would have passed the class with the C. They had given me confirmation about extra credit. They're like, yeah. If you just show me you went, uh, you don't have to get verification. Then I go and turn the extra credit in. They're like, oh, you didn't bring me verification. Fuck you. And I passed that class with the, or failed that class with the D. Um, and now I just took it online and got a B. So fuck accounting teachers, I guess. They, they suck. And... Something about accounting, for those of you who don't do it, if you don't have, like, the personality for accounting, you're not going to be good at it. It is a very specific personality. And it's people, like, to any accountants out here, I'm not trying to fucking roast you right now, but it is people who are very, very dedicated to what they do. And they're dedicated to the point that it's almost this extreme form of stoicism in the idea that they just devote attention for hours upon hours upon hours to numbers. And they have, like, I'm convinced that accountants make their job complex for job security purposes. Like, okay, there's very, very basic steps of accounting. Debiting journal, credit, crediting shit. Okay, that's easy to understand. Then there's some more complex stuff. 
and like, you know, stock and dividends. But when it gets to like Contra accounts and shit, I just don't. Why make that a thing? Like, I'm sure there's a reason like accountants have a very valid reason for it, but I'm also sitting here in, in the corner of my room just like, why are we doing this, guys? There seems to be no other reason to do it other than the fact that like accountants need to be very like consistent jobs. And they are the last people to go in a business if it's failing. So you guys did a good job keeping everything complex enough so that nobody can do it on their own. Um, I just don't, I don't like it. And it's business degrees to me. They're the most like general purpose major. Cause it's like, okay, um, I am going to figure out how to manage businesses, but how should I manage a business, right? I've learned more about running businesses and how to operate literally anything by doing stuff on my own, like photography, like podcasting, than I have in school. And the thing is, there's some stuff in school that I learned, very useful. Law, absolutely useful. Um, accounting, the basics of that are useful. But when you're talking about stuff like business calculus and statistics, no one, I don't think anyone gives a shit about that. Like, really. The only statistics in math that I've seen businessmen use is uh, profit margins. That's the only thing I've seen them use. And like inventory turnover rates, like, come on. It's not hard to figure those things out. How long did you have it? You had it for 30 days. How long did it take to sell out? 30 days. Okay. Your inventory inventory turnover ratio is 30 days. So it's just, it's kind of impractical, right? But you have to get it or else no one will take you seriously, which bothers me because it's like, okay, the United States used to have a very... They used to have a really, um, most countries did. You would start working at a job when you were like 20 and you would just stay with that job forever, work your way up. That's not a thing anymore. That exists in places like Japan. It's one of the few places it still exists, but people switch jobs all the time. Like careers are a weird thing now. And... Here's one of the funny parts. I really like this this push towards entrepreneurism because it it really opens up the market to see who can make money and who can't. Have you ever, I don't know if you guys use LinkedIn, but I've seen a, a few LinkedIn profiles that say serial entrepreneur. And I've learned that that's code for all the businesses I started failed. Like, that's just, it's kind of self-explanatory. The one thing, though, if you want to be a big baller, is everyone who's super, super wealthy in the long term is just an investor. It seems like if you want to be a big baller, 
you just gotta learn how to invest shit. It's it's weird because the most passive form of income is the one that makes the most money, right? For the most part. I mean, it's not like, okay, weapons manufacturing makes an ungodly amount of money. How many people are getting into weapons manufacturing? The companies that are doing that already have it cornered. So, okay, what else can you get into? You can get in the tech industry. It's doable, hard, but doable. And let's say you make 10 million. Okay, you take 10 million, you invest that in a bunch of shit. 15 years, it's going to be 100 million, 500 million, a billion if you play it right. And it's kind of like, I find it really weird that we have this whole culture of workaholism of people who just, oh, I got to work, I got to work. When the people who have the most money are doing everything they can to not work. And they're optimizing their schedules. So they only have to do their jobs for like maybe four or five hours a day. Maybe even less than that. Like Ray Dalio is just fucking retired. He's like, I'm on a ship doing sailing because I can do that now because I'm a fucking billionaire. Like, I really find it interesting that culture in the modern late capitalist world is it's tricked itself into this idea that working harder all the time gets you more. When it doesn't, working harder in some instances gets you more. When you're at the top, working harder is going to get you more. When you're at the very bottom, working harder will tend to get you more to a limited point, right? If you're a fucking janitor, actually, let's not say janitor. They have their own thing going on. If you're a sales clerk, you're not going to be the CEO of the company. That's just not how it works. You're going to be a sales clerk for like three years, then you're going to quit, go somewhere else where you have more qualifications for the job. Then you're going to do that job for 10 years. You're going to switch jobs a few times. But you're never really going to get outside of the box that you put yourself in because of the major that you have. So people have super specific majors now, right? They have fucking computer science with an emphasis in natural language processing. Like... Okay, so that's a super well-paying job, like $200,000 a year plus. But are you going to go do anything else with that? Most people won't. And the thing is, it's kind of a question of like who really wants to be, who wants to do their own thing? Because there's a lot of people who don't really give a shit. There's a lot of people who just, okay, well, I do this, it pays the bills for me, and it gives me the schedule to do what I want which is totally fine. If that's what you want to do, you're chilling. But then there's people who want to do everything, right? And it's been impressed upon me really that to go and get a major is just, you have to do it, but it's better to get a general one because the general one is going to give you the qualifications to get where you want to go. But then you just learn everything else while you're moving forward, right? Like I'm doing web design today and I get a request to add sliding text into the, the website. Okay. The web developer software I use, which is Squarespace, 
doesn't have a sliding text feature embedded into it. Like you can't just drop a block in and be like, ooh, sliding text. So I have to go figure out how to put sliding text into something. And then I go to this YouTube video and it says, oh yeah, you got to use CSS. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know CSS. I know Python. I don't know CSS. So then the guy's like, okay, here's the code. Take the code. But he's like, okay, then you got to put it into Atom or brackets or whatever, which is a coding software that you can just type shit up in. And he's like, okay, do that. Install this. Woo woo. So I just figured out how to manipulate CSS code today. Still haven't put the, the shit in yet because I did all kinds of other design work for this website and I don't feel like doing anything else right now. Like I'm sitting there and I was just chilling, right? I'm copying text into the website because it's a work in progress. And I send the message out. I say, hey, go check this website out at some point today. I want to see what you think about some of the stuff on there. And I have a bunch of icons in there because I'm modeling it off of a website that the guy wants the, it's a competitor business. The guy wants to look similar to this website. So I'm like, okay, one, why do you want to look similar to your competitor? I'll do it because I'm getting paid, but still why? And then it's this, this whole thing of like, okay, well, you want a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures starts to look tacky. And you can only do so much. Because it's like there was, I was doing it a couple days ago. I was in Photoshop, like animating text and shit so I can bring it in. And it's like, it just looked bad. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to use icons. Icons look good. They're minimalistic. They're, they get the point across. And then the guy's like, I don't want as much text. And I'm like, what the fuck? How am I supposed to explain some of this stuff? How am I supposed to explain some of this stuff without text? So then I go look up more icons and I'm like, okay, we're going to use that and we're just going to use a tagline. Fuck it. We're going to do that. If that works, because it looks similar to the, the other competitor's website, we're just going to do that. And then it's like, okay, then you have tips and tricks, right? The banners on Squarespace are kind of small. If you double tab in the description, the banners increase their size. So I've been going out all day, like... My days right now, up until finishing this class, consist of going to jiu-jitsu, coming home, taking a shower, and I take a shower at the gym, but I don't you know, whatever, taking a shower, eating, doing web design stuff, or painting, or fucking whatever. Actually, here, I'll pull up, for those of you who don't, um, I, I haven't updated you guys. One of my friends uses this software called Habitica, H-A-B-I-T-I-C-A. And it's a task practice or task manager that works like an RPG game. So you can, you know, get rewards and stuff based off of your efforts. So this is my daily routine of stuff that absolutely has to be done every day. I wake up and I absolutely have to do my language practice, which is the Japanese. I have to check in with the guy who is like my second in command for moderating that, that discord server. I have to tidy up a room. I alternate. I go my office room one day and my bedroom the other day, my car the next. So I'm always keeping something clean and I floss and brush my teeth twice a day. I've been setting that in cause I'll forget sometimes. And now that I have the, the habit tracker in there, I'm like, this is happening. So I do that twice a day. Then there's, other things that I have in there, meditating, 
drawing practice, and reading. Those are all things I typically do at night before I go to bed. And then I have lifting that happens every other day. So every three days a week happens Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's not on top of the other stuff I had going, like accounting homework, web design, photography, other bunch of shit, dog walking. So it's like, okay. One, I I just need... I need something to shift and make a lot, a lot of money right now. Like a lot of money relative to what I make now, which is like a thousand bucks. I need to make like 5,000 bucks a month because that's just that. Then I would be chilling for a little bit, but you know, it happens. Like you're just sitting there chilling and it's like, okay, I just, I'm tired. Like I've been playing AM2R a lot lately, a Metroid game. It's another Metroid 2 remake, which, fuck Samus Returns, AM2R is the real official remake of Metroid 2. Um, because it's just, I, I need time to wind down. Like, if I don't stop myself from doing something sometimes, I'll just sit there and do it. Even if I'm not making progress, like, if I'm doing web design and I got stuck on something i'll just sit in front of the computer until something comes up to me again instead of just i've been making an effort to be like yo just chill the fuck out go do something else for like an hour come back you'll probably get it down pat but i'm gonna wrap up this show uh i will see you guys on tuesday with or yeah tuesday with the next part of storm of steel fun fact with the kindle i started making notes like highlights of the chapter headings so I know what parts of the chapter are which, and it's not just one huge mesh of text that is in my notes so that I'm like, oh, uh, what's happening here? But um, yeah, I will see you guys on Tuesday with more Storm of Steel. So remember, share the show, do all that cool stuff, and I will see you then. Peace out. Peace <laughs> out.